Thanks for subscribing to the One Cause Podcast. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. So we believe that the more you hear these truths, the more they will benefit your life. Remember, all it takes is believing it. Are you happy to be in church? Come on. It is week number one. Say number one. Say number one. That is unlike the Houston Texans um, schedule results this year. Not number one. Uh, week one of, of a series that we're starting this month, we're going to start today and continue the whole month called What's Love Got to Do With It? And uh, what's love got to do with it? We're going to talk about love. And I want, I want to encourage you and, and I want you to, this morning, I want to ask you to, um, to really separate this message that you're going to hear the next week or several, three weeks, four weeks. I want you to separate the message from the messenger. And I say that because I really want you to hear. I, I believe that the Lord is helping us. And, and as Pastor Jen always says, we're tilling up our hearts. Right? right? My heart is good ground. My heart is good ground. But I want you to envision yourself tilling up the soil of your heart because God is literally dropping a seed in your heart even today. I want you to see yourself like that. Disassociate this message from me. You may love me. You may hate me. But I, I truly believe that if you do that, that you're going to hear what God has to say. All right? And today we're going to start. But before we do, a preacher walked into a bar. A preacher walked into a bar. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, what's love got to do with it? It's so cute. And, and he said, he said, anybody who wants to go to heaven, stand up. And everybody stood up except one lone guy way back there in the corner. I'm not pointing at anybody in particular. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> Bill Cooksey's like, hey. And uh, so everybody stood up except that one guy. And, he, and the preacher said, son, don't you want to go to heaven when you die? And the, and the guy said, yeah, when I die. But I thought you were going to take a load up right now. <laughs> so where's my drummer help? Where's my drummer? <laughs> Thank you. So we're going to talk about what's love got to do with it. And I want to, I want to preface this message by saying everything. Love has everything to do with it. Love has everything to do with our lives and how we frame our actions and our words. And, and so this series is going to bring some, some clarity and some clarification and some, uh, I hope, maybe even some correction, dare I say, about God's love for you, about God's love for you, and uh, man, aren't you aren't you glad for man? I love when Crystal said One Hope Church. If you missed last week, welcome home, welcome back. A little bit of a change occurred, and we are now heading toward one house, two rooms. We're going to be doing a grand opening on Easter, and we are now going to be known as One Hope Church. We are super excited. We had a we had an amazing 50-50 buy-in, one cause, hope city, one hope. Does that make sense to you? It's pretty simple, you know, but it was actually very inspired, Holy Spirit inspired. So let's get into this. Uh, a few years ago when Pierce was in middle school, he's my middle son, he's taller than me now, uh, he used to actually run track. And uh, he was really fast. He ran on his, his middle school's 4x100 relay. 
And, um, and I started thinking about, you know, as many times as he walked out on the track, left the tunnel, uh, maybe, you know, he could walk anywhere he wanted on that field. He could walk through the stands. He could walk all on the grass. He could walk on the track. But nothing mattered until he stepped up to that starting line. Nothing mattered. None of that mattered until he walked up to the starting line where the official said that is the place to start from. And this love of God, how God loves you, is the starting line of your life. That'll change everything. That'll change everything. That is the place where you need to start. Maybe today, maybe you're, maybe today the Lord's reframing something in you, an attitude, uh, a history, events, maybe preconceived notions. Maybe he's reframing something in you today and bringing you up to this starting line and telling you, son, daughter, let me remind you about my love for you. We're going to start this journey in the right place. We're going to start it in the starting line. It's important that we, that we see what the Bible says about love because it talks about love a lot, right? In the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy talks about love over and over and over in chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 19, chapter 30. But guess what? In the Old Testament, and you know I love Old Testament because I'm a history guy. I love it. It's all divinely inspired, but it all, gives us, it all gives us a chance to see God through this lens that we call Jesus. And this love that it talks about is us loving God with all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our strength, everything that we can do to latch on to God. Everything I can do to show you that I love you. Love God, keep his commandments. Love God, keep his commandments. These are good things. These are good things. I want to love God with my whole heart. These commandments, don't steal. Don't kill. Don't covet. Those are good things. But they're all rooted in what I do. And that's the difference here. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying you have to shift you have to shift your perspective. They'll keep you out of trouble. Their intention is to keep you out of trouble and keep you focused on God. But really, in actuality, what we see in the Old Testament is that these thoughts are impossible to maintain over a long period of time. Because I can go for a few minutes, maybe hours, maybe even a few days without doing something wrong or saying something bad or having a bad thought. But essentially what will happen over time is it's inevitable there are cracks that become evident. There are cracks that become evident if it's up to me, if it's up to you. That's the difference. Right? And so what, what, we, what, happens, what happens when you let somebody down? What happens when you fail somebody? Typically, you feel shame. You feel condemnation. You feel disappointment. You feel embarrassment. And so if, if, I'm saying if, I do something wrong, 
don't look at Jennifer, or say something wrong, or make a terrible mistake in my life, I move away from the Lord just a little bit because I'm embarrassed, because I'm, 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 I'm hurt. I, I feel like disappointed that I let the Lord down. And if a week later something else happens, before I know it, he's not gone anywhere. But I'm moving myself away because of my own thoughts, because it's up to me, at least what the world says, to maintain. Because it's performance-based. Performance-based. And see, that's the way the world, that's the way religion talks. Like, how many times can you be in church? No, correction, be in church. And if that's religion, then so be it. Be in church, you know? Ah, come on. But if it's up to my performance, you better not blow it. That's what religion says. You better watch out because you're going to get yours. And so we live our lives looking over the shoulder the whole time, stumbling and running into things because we're worried about what God's going to do to us. Because what religion and Hollywood and whatever else says, that God's going to get you. That situation in your life is an effect of what you've done and what you've brought. And, eh, okay. And it's all up to me and my performance. And we're, we feel shame. And, and see, we see people even in the sports world and professional world, when it's all up to them, essentially, they begin to crack. Athletes who don't live up to our expectations because the pressure was too great. And so we're disappointed, and then they're disappointed. Professional people, parents even. And so our view of love, if we're not careful, begins to, to be dependent on reciprocity. Right? You do what I need, so I will give you this back. Is this, is this making sense? So the world paints this picture in all areas of our life that it, that it truly is a give and a take. It's an exchange. you got to do this for me before I give you this back. That's the world's love. Right? I gave her a ring, a tiny little cheap, thin gold metal band because I didn't have any money 23 years ago. That's what I gave her to show her I loved her and hoping that she would show me that same thing back. That's all I knew. That's what I knew. I only knew to do that. The world says, earn your keep. Earn someone's affection. Earn a living. Everything is striving. Everything's on me. It's all dependent on me. But what if I were to tell you this morning that no matter what you've done, no matter what you've not done, no matter what you'll ever do, no matter what you'll ever do, uh, that you are currently 
that you always have been and that you always will be loved by God. What would you say if I said that to you? Some of you would say, I already knew that. Some of you would say, you're crazy. You don't know what I've done. What if I'm saying, I want you to disassociate those things you've said and done with who you are? Because it's the love of the world that, that paints this picture over years and years of our lives. Because the way people treat us, there are probably people in this room that may have had an amazing mother and father or grandparents that raised them. There are probably people in this room who learned about love in a very twisted, imperfect way. A way that should not have been shown. A way that made your perception cemented in. This is what love is? This is love? This is the way you showed me love? Because if this is love, I don't want any part of it. What if I had to tell you that your, your view of love has most likely been clouded by your interactions with people? And religion. And it's really set you up to fail in your own eyes. And you don't even know it. And I'm going to lay this out in these next few minutes. I want you to turn, if you have a Bible, to 1 John chapter 4. If you have a Bible, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Write this down. Your starting line in life is simply knowing that God is love. That's your starting line. That's everything. That's the place you got to start. If, you, if you've heard that, if, you've, if that's been read to you before, if it's been told to you before, if you've seen an amazing you know, message on social media or a meme with that, okay, that's good. But I really want you to get this today. I want you to step up to that starting line and say, you know what? In the past, I've had my view of love clouded. by circumstance and disappointment, abuse. Beloved, let us love one another for God is of love, uh, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Pause. That is one of the most profound statements you'll ever hear in your life. We need to camp out here. It doesn't simply say that God loves. The Bible here says God is love. Everything about him, everything that makes him up is love. I don't know about you, but every, I think I'm tempted to say everything about me is probably not made up of love. It 
In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. Say, that's me. That God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Here we go. Open your ears. Till up your heart. And get ready for that seed to drop in. No matter how many years you've been in church, no matter how many times you walked into this place and sat in the same seat you always sit in every week, no matter how many sermons you listen to, God's reminding you today, or tell, some of you he's telling for the very first time today, in this is love. Not that we love God. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, right? It's not your experience with love that matters. It's the fact that God is love. It's the fact that that's who God is. That's what he is. He is love. Folks, we, we, can't, we can't sidestep that. We can run, but we can't hide. God is, God is love. John 15, verse 13, the Passion says, For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Let me ask you one more time. What's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it? Everything. This, this is the place where you need to step up to that starting line and finish the rest of your life. No matter what you've seen in the past through circumstance, no matter what you've been taught that didn't say this, no matter how many disappointments you've felt, no matter how many times you've let God down, this is the starting line. Not that you loved him, but that he loved you first. Knowing that you're loved is everything. You're, you, some of you in this place are sitting next to a spouse who, who holds you as the dearest person in their life. But God loved you first. And, and I'm tempted to say that you've probably had a bad day or two together. 2009, 2009, Christmas 2009, we were in Dr. Holler and Miss Ann's house on Dunster Road right over here. And, uh, and this woman walks out of, of a room in that house as, you know, Pastor Eric and Pastor Brandon and our families were out there. And she walks in the room with a 2009 27-inch iMac. Where are my nerds? Okay, of course, that, you know, I realize it's old, but, but if you know what I'm saying, it was just a computer, and I, I love things creative. I love creative things like video and design and things like that, beautiful things, and, and that is like the, the vehicle that takes you there, right? Having that was like, what? And my response to her is, man, I love you more than I ever have before. Because you brought that for me. But then I was thinking about a few years before that. We had been married about seven years 
we got married in 99, the year the stars won the Stanley Cup. That's when we got married. That's been a few days, a few years, a few decades. 23 years we'll be married next month. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about a few years before she brought that computer. We had, a, we had a pretty trying year together. We had a tough year. She was off the rails. And I was like, come on back to over. No, I'm just kidding. We just were, we were apart. We let things get between us. We weren't apart, but like we were frustrated. We let frustration get between us. And we lived a lot of one year reacting to each other instead of choosing love. Does that make sense to you? And, uh, man, I don't even know where I am. Let me, let me look at my notes here. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, this is, because she showed her love to me in that way, I initially had showed her love, my love to her by giving her a gift and treating her in the right way, and, and, and there's expectation that goes with that. That's the world. And I expect that if I do this for you, you're going to show the same back to me. Because that's what the world does. And so we give gifts. We give kisses. Right? We spend time together. But there's a lot of give and take. And sometimes if people say they love us and they don't do the right thing, or maybe they show us something that's not quite in line with that word, that becomes our view of what love is. And we learn to say, oh, love is you giving me things all the time, gifts. Or love is you showing me your affection in the physical or whatever. But it skews our view of what love is. But love is a choice. Love is a choice. And see, the, the pow most powerful thing about that statement is that God chose to love you before you even knew you were going to be on this earth. He chose to love you before you were born. He chose to love you after you did and said all of those things you did and said. After all those people you let down and angered, he chose to love you after that? Many years ago, a, a theologian and, and professor and just a pundit named C.S. Lewis wrote some amazing papers called The Four Loves. And he laid out these worldly loves that are called uh, storgy, phileo, and eros, which storgy is affection, phileo is, is friendship, and eros is, is romantic love or sensual love. And then there's a love called agape. He calls it agape. We call it agape. And that love is different because it's unconditional. It doesn't matter what you've said or done or not said or done, that love supersedes all of that. And he calls this kind of love simply loving the unlovable because it's nothing that you can do to earn this. 
There's nothing you can do to say, give me your love now because I have loved you with all my heart. I've done everything to show you that I've loved you. I haven't missed church in nine years. I read my Bible every day. So show me you love me. This is a love that goes beyond all of that. This is a love that makes all of that right word. I'd say second layer, second level. See, because really, in actuality, the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? But I have great news today. That God's love is totally and utterly disassociated from your deeds. It's totally different than what the world says. Lewis said, God created something he didn't need because he desired to give. He created something in you and me that he didn't need, but that he wanted to give. It doesn't make any sense to us. You had it made, Lord, but I'll, without me here and the things that I would do to wreck this world. And... See, we naturally want as people, we naturally want to be desired and seen and heard. And we want to earn people's attention because that's human, human condition. That's a human condition. But that's the basis, that's the basis of the, the world's affection. Show me what I want to see, and I'll give you what you want. But Lewis said this, listen to this. He said, to receive a love which is purely a gift, this gift which bears witness solely to the lovingness of the giver, and not at all, to our loveliness is a mortification. The gift which bears witness solely to the lovingness of the giver. All that matters is that God is love. That's all that matters. But what matters is that you see God like that. And that you see him separated from those days, months, or years of disappointment and abuse that wrapped up that term love. See, God simply loves you because he is love. He is love, so he loves. And so you've been shown this unconditional love, this agape love. You've been shown this, and we read through this in the New Testament about what Jesus brought to us. But sometimes it's hard for us to really get this. It's tough. Because what's here is what happened 15 years ago. And that person that disappointed me in the name of love and said or did what they said or did. And now all I see in my mind is that. 
And it's hard for me to open this up and let the seed of the word be dropped in because of that circumstance. And I really believe this month that people's lives are going to change. But you're going to see God's love like you've never seen it before. You truly are going to see God's love like you've never seen it before. You've got to, with this unconditional love, you've got to believe first. Then you've got to endure it. You've got to endure this perfect love that's so unconditional. It makes no sense to you. And you got to live your life every single day saying, really still? I don't have to earn this? A week later, man, I blew it. Lord, are we still good? Next year. Lord, you remember what I did last year, right? You still? You still love me? You still love me? Not only love you, he's crazy about you. Then the third step is after you endure it, you actually live a life where you delight in it. And you know whose you are. You delight in that love of God. You delight in that unconditional agape. Just revel in it. Because he is so good. He is love. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That was love showing up on the scene. That was love. God saying, you know what? I'm going to make it to where none of what you do anymore matters in terms of our connection. Your salvation is simply an act of love. This is how unconditional love sees you. So valuable and so cherished. So amazing. That he took all the weight off your shoulders. So you could just simply say, wow. I am loved. Some of us in here, I think probably would have a hard time saying right now, I'm loved or I'm lovable. A love that says this. In Luke chapter 23, there were also two others, criminals led with him to be put to death. And then when when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Then Jesus said, This is how love speaks. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, don't hold this against them. They just don't have a clue. Father, they don't even know what this act is going to usher into this earth. Just don't hold it against them, please. Because God is love. He gave his most prized possession. He gave his son. He gave us Jesus who who was lied about before you were born. He was spit upon 
beaten and mocked before you ever even wronged anyone. He hung on a cross, was crucified to bear the sins of mankind before you even ever thought about asking forgiveness. He did that for you. Some of us in here are <clears throat> competitive. Some of us in here are hard-headed. Speaking to myself a little bit. <clears throat> but I want, I want to tell you today, with the most sincere love that I can, that it's too late. He loved you first. He loved you first. And he's not saying, oh, I loved you first. He's saying, man, if you only knew, this should be the frame by which you live your life. Stepping up to the starting line and saying, you know what? I've lived for years with that baggage. I've lived for years with that hurt. I've lived for years in that disappointment and knowing love as that. And today I'm stepping up. Today I'm stepping up to a new starting line. This starting line that says, I am loved and I am lovable. And no matter what I do say or don't do or don't say, I'm loved. Because love has everything to do with it. You're going to hear some messages in these next few weeks that are they're going to revolutionize how you see yourself. They're going to change how you see yourself. You're going to walk out of here different because of what God is depositing in your heart. And as we close, I want to pray for you this morning. There are some, some of us in here that probably maybe have received this revelation of God's love, I don't know, maybe even years ago. And, and, and maybe this is just a wonderful reminder about how um, God's love will change you and change the way you see and, and the way you offer love to other people. That's, and that's amazing. That's wonderful. I love that. But there are also those of you in this place that need to see God's love for what it truly is. which is more powerful than this worldly love that we give and receive. It's a different way to love. It's unconditional. It always sees the best. It always offers hope. And so maybe you're sitting here this morning or, or maybe you're listening or watching I just want to tell you, I just feel like I need to tell you that you're loved. And that you're lovable. You're able to be loved, not because of what you do and don't do, but because he is love. That's what he is. That is who he is. It's a preemptive strike in this life. 
And if you will let him, he will change how you see this world. If you allow him and say, Lord, put that seed right here. My heart is good ground for the seed of the word. And maybe you're in here this morning and you're saying, you know what? I'm going to let that past just drift away. As I step up to this starting line today of God's love, God being love, I'm going to let that past go. Let those, those worries and those, those thoughts, those heavy thoughts, I'm going to let them drift away. I'm going to let the disappointment of what I've done to others go away. I'm going to let those years of me trying to prove myself to you, God, by showing how much I love you and how much I do for you, I'm going to let that go. And I'm just going to sit here and bask in your love. There's no greater love than this, that Jesus gave his life for you, who he called his friends, with no expectation of return. Do you realize that? There was no expectation. There was no guarantee that any of us in this room would even say yes. God extended that act in faith because he loves, he is love, and he's a giver. Enjoying the podcast? If you want more, you can always visit One Cause Church on YouTube and Facebook to watch full services.